thanks so much for being here. I'm going to invite our pastor, Pastor Ari, the amazing, incredible Pastor Ari. Hey! She's going to greet us and, you know, just share her heart. And then I will start. We are flowing. Worship Abbas Nalia. Thank you so much for coming for the floor service. We've been encouraging people to come and be in the room, and I'm happy to see that downstairs is full. So thank you for coming. Next week, come with a friend so that we have all of upstairs full, so that the house of God is full. Because what we have here is really good. Just the worship, you know, worshiping together as family, listening to God's word, giving of our tithes and offerings. It's different when you're in the room. So thank you so, so much. Awesome. Yay. We also have Pastor B3 is here. She, she, she's usually here for the encounter service, but the people of Worship Harvest downtown. I don't know what they are thinking now because she stayed behind to help me with this service. So can you make her feel welcome, please? Yay! Let's get into the one. We are going through a series, Blessed to Be, a blessing, and we've been learning about how to manage our resources, our finances, how to use money for the kingdom, how to get money, how to grow it, how to manage it. Yeah, sometimes I use what I call the four G's of money. Get it, guard it. Because if you don't guard it, it will escape. Someone says money talks, it always says bye to me. It needs to start saying hi to you, not bye. So, Get it, guard it, grow it. It's not obvious when it comes to growing money. Grow it and give it. That's the fourth G. Uh -huh. What are the four Gs? Get it, guard it, grow it, give it. Yeah. And then you repeat. And then you make a lot of it in the process. Amen. Why? Because money is amoral. Money is neither good nor bad. A lot of money in the hands of a good person will do a lot of good. And a lot of money in the hands of an evil person will do a lot of evil. So, are there evil people here? Are there good people here who want to do good? Do you know what limits you? The money you have will limit the good you can do. Do you understand? Money helps you turn your concern into compassion. When you're broke, you can be concerned. You're concerned about this. You're concerned about that. You can even start an NGO called Concerned. Yeah. You're concerned about teenage pregnancies, you're concerned about uh, deforestation, you're concerned about child, everything, children, you're concerned about COVID, but you have jammed to take the vaccine. I don't understand that part. 
you have all the theoretical, theological, and uh, metallurgical theories as to why the vaccine is from Satan. As if he's the one who comes to, 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 to give life and give it more abundantly. You see all those uh, atheists in Europe, they are watching football freely. They, they don't even pray. Why? They have vaccines. Now you, you are here praying and you are scared of coming to Flo Garage because you, you think the vaccine is from the devil. That's a pastoral moment. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting the things we can come up with, especially when we don't have a proper relationship with God. When our relationship with God is informed by superstition and not the word of God, we can get very creative. Towards the front, it's a bit warm because of all the lights, so I have to keep uh, getting ventilation for all these wonderful people who sit nearby and encourage me as I preach. So, money is important. Money is important. Yeah, the reason that girls are getting pregnant is because they are not in school. The reason they are not in school is they don't have the money to go into school. So, if you can get them into school, then you don't have to be concerned. You'll be compassionate. Compassion is when you can actually solve the problem. You see, if I find you and you're hungry, I know you're not. There is no evidence to show that you. <laughs> if I find you and you're hungry and you're crying, you know when we were in middle primary school, eh? you would get hungry until you cry. First of all, everyone spoke Lusoga. In it didn't matter whether you're Okero, Biaruhanga, what you go find find anyone who went to middle primary, they will speak perfect Lusoga. Everyone spoke Lusoga. So if I am so yeah so if you find a person and uh, they are hungry they are crying and then you feel so bad about it huh, that even you you start crying with them but then you don't have any food to give them then after you've cried then you all go you all go your different have you have you do you think that's compassion no, that's concern. That's not compassion. Compassion is when you say, stop crying, Gloria. Here is Sam Kawunga. <laughs> Gloria was expecting a lot better, a lot more than Kawunga. <laughs> then I give you Kawunga, they're like, okay. No more hunger. Amen. Now, for you to do that effectively, you must be a person who grows your money. You must be an investor who is able to increase your wealth constantly. You see, some people, the way they operate money is such that your current giving might be hindering your future better giving. So let's say if your income is about... Three million, okay? Even if you are super generous, how much money can you give? Hmm? The most you can give is three million. Yeah, even if you decided me, water only, and I will wash and wear. 
all I earn, I give to people. Yeah, you can, almost you can give you three million. But if, uh, I'll show you in a, an example later. If you use your three million well, and you invest it, and at some point you're earning 300 million. You see, when it comes to money, take the emotion out. Please, I beg you. Remove em emotion and money when you put them in the same handbag. It will catch fire. Yeah, and you might get burnt. So if you invest your money and it keeps growing, I'm not saying you don't give, you keep giving, but you keep investing, and at some point you're earning three, 300 million, even if you gave only 10% of your earnings, you'd be doing 10 times more than the person who gives all their earnings if they make 3 million. Because that would be 30 million. Do you understand? So if you wake up and decide to give half, you're going to be doing a lot of good. Meanwhile, the one of three million is still, we, we might even be celebrating them, but Nange, there is this sister, she gives everything, the sacrifice. We hear the story, if we brought her here on the mic, even you'll be like, Lord, forgive me, I'm so mean. Yeah. But in reality, the impact is not much. Yeah, so don't mix emotion with it. A person who keeps growing their wealth until they are at a stage where their money really works and does good is wiser than a person who gives emotionally. And in the long run, we'll do a lot better than a person who gives emotionally. Amen. So now let's talk about growing our wealth. Matthew 25, 14 to 29. I read it. Read together with me. Come on now. Together, huh? For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability, and immediately went on a journey. Okay, so he's describing this as the kingdom of heaven. This is Jesus' teaching. And he's trying to give us a window into how the heavenly realm operates. Because the kingdom of heaven is not a place somewhere. Don't go by an atlas looking for the kingdom of heaven. You won't find it. Jesus told the Pharisees, the kingdom, of, the kingdom is in you. The kingdom is the king's domain. The domain of where God reigns. And if you are born again and you belong to God and you belong to Jesus, it means that you are part of the kingdom. So the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is simply wherever I am, wherever you are. Uh, and whatever we are in charge of. So this, is, this pertains to you and I. The kingdom of heaven. He says it's like he's describing how it works. He used so many parables to give us a window into how it works. And here he says... It's like a person, a man, a rich one, I imagine, because he has goods and servants, who travels to a far country, and he gives one five, another two, another one. Now, the first thing we quickly have to work on is to help us understand that talent here is not skill. It's not a natural ability, like the way talent knows how to sing. Are you with me? Yeah, talent is talented. 
I'm sure some of you when you hear talent singing, you are like, but my parents. What? Why did they call me? Uh, uh, don't say your name. Pastor Bithi, you know someone called worship who can't sing. Anyway. So you listen to him and you're like, I'm Peter Talent. Now, talent is not a skill. It's not a natural ability. The word talent here is a reference to a currency. The same way you would say, if this was being written today here in Uganda, it would be the parable of the shillings. Do you understand? Look, you have to understand. Because if you don't understand this particular part, everything else is subject to misinterpretation. A talent was a currency. It wasn't ability to do something. Yeah? One sister said the reason she didn't make it to the Olympics is that her discipline wasn't featured. <laughs> oh, why was it a brother? Huh? <laughs> yes, sir, Chris. <laughs> Matatu, you know. Dulu. Ponjo. Dodgeball. Is there a dodgeball in Olympics? Kwepena. Do you watch. Guys, anyway. These are my relatives, but please, don't do that thing you do when we're at home of sounding so confident about something that you actually don't know about. Please, please. <laughs> I am, but, but is this in Olympic? Yes, yes. Are you sure? But the American version. <laughs> like, you know when someone says, I will not die in my movie. Yeah. Start a far. Yeah? What's that thing? Cowboy never. If he die, never, never wonder. Never smell. Uh, uh. If smell, smell perfume. Hey. Guys, we have someone to preach. So, talent is a currency. By the way, this is a flow service. So, if you are the kind of person who likes seriousness, Come for nine o'clock encounter. I preach from up there, far from everyone, just look, sounding and looking anointed because I am here for flow. We flow, we enjoy being together. We, we, yeah, we just flow. Yeah, come on now. So, anyway, the talents here are not dodgeball, this is money currency. So you could say, for example, instead of five talents, two talents, one talent, we could say 50 million shillings, uh-huh, 20 million shillings, and one he gave, 10 million. The other thing he says is that he gave each one according to his own ability. Ability is what determines how much money you get. Someone said that, uh, no, let me leave that someone. Ability 
is what determines how much money you have. So right now, if we did your net worth, net worth is when you get all your assets minus liabilities. Assets are the things you possess. And you get the financial value of those things. And then liabilities is the money you must pay to continue living in the republic. You are like unpaid debts, mortgages, taxes, etc. Not budget stuff, but things you have already spent and you must pay. If you do assets minus liabilities, what you get is what we call net worth. So your net worth, if you did your net worth right now, you know, when you ask guy, I did it for the first time and it was slightly below zero. <laughs> negative. It was negatives. So, your net worth reveals your ability with money. Ability. Financial ability. Your ability to handle wealth will determine how much wealth you end up with. People think that people who have wealth are just lucky. You know that luck conversation, that stuff? Please, stop, stop. You are not that unwise. It's, it's ability. Now, the mistake most people make is to think that academic ability equals financial ability. The two come from different planets. You can be an academic demagogue. Huh? Whose IQ, intelligence quotient, is off the charts. And be very broke. <laughs> and be broke. And then you'll find people who are not very academically astute. But they are financially astute. So let's not get confused, especially a church like Worship Harvest, where we are all super educated. We, yeah. Uh, you just have to put yourself there. Yeah, we are very educated. We are very educated. That's why you find that where you sat in class does not determine where you sit on the plane. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, you need to go on a plane. Yeah, where, where, where is, because you are in class, the brightest students sit at the front, right? Yeah, most, in most time, most times, the brightest students sit at the front of the class, right? Yeah, and then many years later, as you're boarding, and a fascinating business class, it's the guys who used to make noise at the back who are going on while you are there with your triple A. Yeah. By the time they call you <laughs> near the kitchen, those ends, yeah, 46, whatever. Not even an aisle seat or windows. It's in between. Yeah. And then you haven't trained you that thing for nine hours. Yeah. All because you passed academically, but you didn't understand finances. Yeah, you thought the two are yeah, co di directly what? Correlated. They are not correlated. 
you can be an academic demagogue like I was and be broke like I was. I have known both worlds. Yeah. Sitting among bright people and being broke. Bright and broke. Yeah, very bad. Bright and broke. While the guys who cannot really make it out are just having all the money. So now, please listen. It's according to your ability. The new had received the five talents, went and traded with them and made another five talents. What did he do? Traded. What did he do? Traded. That is, he prayed for them. You must engage in economic activity. Prayer does not increase money. If that was the case, we Africans, compared to all the other people, my God, would be swimming in our, our roads, would be paved, would have transport systems, there would be no jam, electric trains, what? Yes. Yeah, just because of prayer. So we've been praying, but behold, potholes, behold, ah, you know the story. Do I need to elucidate? So he went and did what? Traded with them. Why are people not acting as if they're excited about the someone? Yeah. <laughs> now she's looking at me like, where are you going with this? Uh, so he traded with them and made another five talents. Right? Then what does he say? And likewise, he had received two gained two more also. But he had received one. The one with the 10 million shillings went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. Yeah. Verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So there is always accountability. You know you're a good steward when you're subject to accountability. If you are your own man, you're not a good steward. Yeah, that's why most people avoid having boards for their companies. Yeah, no board, no nothing, because you don't want to be accountable. You are the final, you are the alpha, the omega, the beta, the theta, the pi, the phi. Can you say some of the Greek letters, you know? Some people, you have already run out. You only know alpha, omega, and then you don't know any others. Yeah. No, 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 no. Nga is not a Greek letter. <laughs> Did you hear those guys? Mbunga. Nga is not a Greek letter. Nga is a Luganda letter. It's under used to write Ngali. Okay. So he came and said, So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying lord you delivered to me five talents look i have gained five more talents besides them wow the guy of 50 million now had a hundred and what did the the lord tell him his lord said to him well done good and faithful servant you were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, let me, let me just try and explain verse 21. Hmm? The, 
remember we are not talking about football. We are talking about money. The guy with a 50 million brought another 50 million to give accountability to his boss. And then the, the boss looked at me and said, wow. Okay, there's no wow in the text. But I imagine if I was a boss, I would say, wow. Then I would say, well done. What's that second word there? No, 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 no. The second word. Done. Well what? Well. Shout it out. I'm going to do. Now, it doesn't say well spoken. It doesn't say well said. Well prayed. Well fasted. Well maintained. No. Well done. You see, most people are stuck because they can't do. They can explain. John Marcus says you'll either have reasons or results, not both. How many of you have ever employed someone? Okay. Okay, maybe even just been friends with someone who has always good reasons as to why the thing didn't get done. Perfect reasoning. You see, even after you've given the most compelling case for the thing not getting done, there is one problem. The thing is not done. In the John Maxwell's team, we have something called do it now. Do it now. We practice it in, in our leadership in worship service with these senior leaders. When we are in the meeting discussing a thing, people are texting their teams. Execution. Yeah. Why wait an hour later? Or a day later? Some people, they have the committee. Then they have the committee that agrees on what the committee decided. Then they have the committee that plans to do what the committee that agreed on what the first committee decided does. Then there is the committee that looks at the financial implications of what the committee that is planning to do what the committee that agreed to do what the committee that yeah I see it in a lot of people's lives. Every time you ask them about it, they are still planning. They have been planning the thing for three years. Some brothers. Some brothers, when it comes to marriage, eh, I'm addressing brothers because the sisters have to wait for the brothers. A committee? No, Pastor Isaac, you haven't understood yet. You're like... Do you love the girl or not? Why do we have to go all the way to the Mediterranean Sea and back to... Anyway. 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 All this to say, you will either have reasons or results and not both. An uncle of mine, a precious uncle of mine who passed on, who inspired me to become an architect gave me a very wise illustration one time. He said, imagine that you had a client and the client wants you to go and 
do a site analysis in Chisoro. Those days there was no Tamakro to Chisoro. And this client charters a plane and you go to Kajansi and get onto that chartered plane and fly all the way to Chisoro. When you charter a plane, it's hours. Yeah, you, it's not like some of you the way you borrow your friends' books and they never get returned. <laughs> Is the volume too high? It's too loud. So when you charter a plane, the idea is to get it, get it done in hours. So you fly to Chisoro. That morning, you get there at about 10 o'clock, and it's raining. And it rains. You know that rain that doesn't so? And it rains. 2 o'clock, it's raining. 3 o'clock, it's raining. And that's when the pilot tells you, our plane is not designed to fly at night. Because you chartered a small single or twin engine so we need to be planning on our flight back to Kajansi all this time you are sheltering somewhere in the classroom of a primary school waiting for the rain to stop so at 5 o'clock you must fly back you get on that thing one hour later you are in Kajansi the next day you go to the client's office. It's like, aha, uh -huh, how was Jisoro? Oh, man. Uh -huh, what man? It rained the whole day. What do you mean it rained the whole day? Who, who said that measurements can't be done in the rain? You see, you and I, you need to change the way you think. Ugandans, eh? we need to wake up. Our whole approach to life is like relative sleepiness with shocking cases of being awake. But you and I, we are changing that story. Yeah. Change the story. You are teaching us about diligence. Diligence is a man's precious possession. There are people, they get it done. Whether it's raining, whether it's shining, whether the conditions are smooth and good, whether the conditions are not good, whether there is opposition or help, their whole approach to life is get it done. And that's what leadership is. Leadership is getting it done and having no or rather zero excuses. So, well done, good and faithful servant. And then what happened? He says, good, well done, good and faithful servant. Another important aspect here is to understand what faithfulness is. What has this, what did this guy do that rendered the that caused the master to say he's, he was faithful. What did he do? He multiplied what was given. He increased what he was given. In church, we have come to interpret faithfulness as longevity. Length of stay. 
Now, please, don't take that into your business. They are going to kick you out. Huh? But the man is faithful. He has been leading that church for 15 years. And how many are they? 13 people. So you add about an eighth of a person per year. <laughs> That's not faithfulness. Faithfulness is increase. Faithfulness, friends, faithfulness is increase. Maintenance is not faithfulness. Keeping the same, the thing the same is not faithfulness. Faithfulness is increase. In every aspect. Now, here we are talking about money. And guess whose money we are talking about? Your money. Yours. The one that you think is yours, but it's actually not yours. You're a steward with a, a person. The, everything you have belongs to God. You are just a steward. And once you understand that, then you approach it differently. So he says, he says, well done, good and faithful servant because he had increased. If you lead your thing, whatever it is, business, zone, cohort, MC, location, church, Please, I'm not discounting family planning. So at family level, it can stay the same. This is financial, financial. Yeah. <laughs> Some people might be like, hey. By the time next year, next year, you have doubled the. the, 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 the. <laughs> now. Now. This is what? This is finances. God's expectation of you and the money you possess is that it should be increasing constantly. What a shock. You thought it was your money. You can lose it and reduce it. No. There is an expectation for increase. Friends, there is an expectation for increase. Increase is expected in the kingdom. Everything that God is involved with is always increasing. That's why the population of the world is always increasing. The universe is expanding even as I talk now. Yeah. Constantly expanding. Whatever God is involved with is always increasing. So, you and I, we are called to be faithful. Faithfulness is increasing. Increasing your net worth. Increasing the value of your company. Increasing the number of people in your church. Increasing the number of people that your NGO serves. Incre that's faithfulness. If you do the same thing year on year, that's not faithfulness. That's longevity. That's length of stay. Don't confuse it with faithfulness. Amen. I know the amens are getting fewer. By the time I'm done, there will be much fewer. So you better say the remaining few ones now. <laughs> that is faithfulness. So if your net worth was 200 million last year, it should be 250. If it was 400, it should be 500. If it was 1 billion, it should be 1.2. Things like that. That's faithfulness. If you're just in the same holding pattern, that's not faithfulness. 
fact, I once had a wise man called Noah Bales and say that if you are in the same position, you are in effect moving backward because everyone else is moving forward. Yeah. But some of you, the reason you feel like you're not moving backwards is because you and all your friends are not moving forward. You have the wrong company around you. So you don't have that sense of we are moving backwards. But if you change friends, this is the flow service, somebody. If you change friends, you see, if you make three million a month, and all your friends make, because you usually make about within 20% of your closest friends. This one makes 3.2, this one 2.8, 1.5, like that. And then all of you never get a raise, a promotion, you never do an SFFG mastermind, you don't know about increasing income streams, etc. Let me tell you, you will be comfortable. like this, And just enjoy your small lives. But once you go and join some other friends, this one, you, you make three, then this is this makes 25. And then in the last quarter, they have gone to 30. You, at some point, you become a little uncomfortable. You'll be like, yeah, Pastor Bethany, please, can you explain to me how that kind of money is possible in this COVID? <laughs> Are you with me? Faithfulness is what? Increase. It's not holding pattern. Okay. Now I'm going to show you how to do that increase thing soon. So here's another thing that he says. Well done, good and faithful servant. Are you still there? Please watch, watch the language. What does he say? You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Here's what happens. Oh, man. Oh, man. The people were in the first service are missing this one. One, you have to be faithful over little to be given more. Yeah. Faithful is the prerequisite for promotion. Secondly, he says you were faithful over a few things. You were a servant. Huh? What does he say? Well done, good and faithful what? Servant, right? What does he tell him is going to be? Ruler. Do you, do you realize that ruler and servant are different positions? Well done, good and faithful servant you are not going to be a ruler. You're going, ah! You're going from servant to ruler. And when he says, enter the joy of your Lord, that's the part that I didn't talk about in the first service. What he's saying is, come up here. We are now, we, we now own it together. You're going from worker to shareholder. That's what he's saying. Enter the joy of your Lord. In other words, as others work for us, eh, you and I, we are now going to be enjoying this thing together. Because we're going to be a ruler and enter the joy. Enter the joy of your Lord. Come, come now. Now, now you are owner like me. 
when this airs. My goodness. Now, do you know, the second guy of the two talents, that was the exact same what? Response. Are you with me? And what happened to the last guy? Huh? Then he, verse 24, then who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you do not sow and gathering where you have not scattered seed and I was afraid. And when I hid your talent in the ground, it starts with fear. Fear of loss. T.F. Eka says in his book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, rich people play to win, poor people play not to lose. When you keep pray, praying, when you keep playing Fedro, you'll get a loss. I was afraid, look there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Now, uh, this is not you in the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to go and start looking at your net worth weekly and do something about it so that you don't end up here. You know, I reap where I'm not so on, gather where I'm not. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. It's like, the worst you can do, at least get me some interest. Don't just be there and let money rot. He said, take the talent from him and give him who has ten talents. For ev To everyone who has, more will be given and he will have what? Abundance. Because he has entered the joy of his Lord. God's design for your life is not scarcity. Scarcity is something you have entertained based on wherever you've come from and whatever beliefs you have. God's design for you is abundance. And, and you will have what? Abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Pastor Peter, you come. Because that little he has, he calls it what? Nothing. Do you understand? Do you now see the need for increase? Huh? You understand? Now let's show you a little bit on what you can do. That, that can stay there. It's okay. We won't need it. The first thing is you need to know how to do your net worth. As I told you, net worth is assets minus liabilities. Can we get Pastor B3's mic to her? It shall come. It's not there, yeah. It's here. So, assets minus liabilities. So, in the asset column, you have cash. That's the most common asset, at least among Ugandans. You have some cash in ABSA, you write the amount. Housing finance, you write the amount. Uh, mobile money, you write the amount. Pillow Bank Incorporated. Have you heard of Pillow Bank? Yeah, you write the amount. Then the total. Then you have, say, real estate. I'm going to give you only four asset categories for clarity. 
cash real estate, land in such and such a place, the, the value. You have to write the value. House, wherever, value. Over what, what, value. Okay? Then you come to what we call equity in business. I like to put investment clubs in this category. You own 13% of Nokia. You put the amount. <laughs> you like it very much. I also like it. It's for liking, I also like it. You own 20% of Savannah. You put the amount. Uh, how much do you have in Harvest Multipurpose Cooperative? You put the amount. Over what club? It is my wife and I, we are in over how many investment groups? Like seven, over eight. We have, we have been running from the 11 years ago when it was zero. And then you have paper assets. These are ones where there's many layers between you and the economic activity. So you have much less control. The value, is, the value going up and down is determined by factors way beyond your control. So those are like bonds, government securities generally, bonds, treasury bills, your NSSF savings, a paper asset. If you have mutual funds, all those are paper assets. And then you add up the value of your assets and the value of your liabilities, money you owe, the one you owe the other person, uncle so-and-so, that shop where you always pick things and pay after two months. You write all of that. And your net worth is the, that minus that. Now, your ideal net worth should be your annual income. If you can work out that, there are ways to work that out. Your annual income times your true age multiplied by your true age. I want to emphasize true age. The sisters. Yeah. Most ladies are 25. 25 plus shipping and handling. Please add the shipping, the handling, and the taxes so you arrive at the true age. So your annual income times your true age divided by 10. That will give you your ideal net worth, where your net worth should be, and then you can work out the difference. Is that okay? Now, typically, for most people, when they first do it, there is intense levels of discouragement. So do not allow to be discouraged. Just know. It's like when you go and they find you have malaria plus, plus, plus. Discouragement is not good. You just go to the pharmacy, take the medicine, and start healing. Yeah. Do you want to explain to us? You do it. All right. This is the wealth cycle. Um, very simple. It begins with income, right? Work. The someone that we had, I think last Sunday. The other one, work is a blessing. Last Sunday was saving. So income, it begins with income. Money has to be coming in. So once the money comes, your wealth cycle has begun, but it can end there. It's possible for it to die at income. How? There's this small lightning that strikes called expenditure. And all of us are tempted. So the income can come and the wealth cycle ends there and we keep going back. No, There's that, no cycle it's actually. Not, it's a the, wealth, the wealth line. line. 
it ends at the line, just a line, line. There's no cycle. So it begins with income. Once the money comes in, the next level is saving. Now remember, this is continuous, right? It's not like I earn money once every three months. I save once, once a year. After no, no, no. It's uh, we are constantly earning, constantly saving. The cycle is continuous. So money comes in. You save it from too much expenditure and save. How much do we save minimum? What percentage? 20%. 20%. Good. Now it's good that you know it. I hope your finances also know it. So income, yeah, it's possible that they don't know what you know here, but they don't know. So income savings, right? But do you know that you can save your money and, and you end up with a wealthy, what is this one now? Not a line. Just angle, right angle of, of, of wealth, then become a cycle. So wrong angle, actually, not right. So income savings, for some of us, we lose it here. There's, at every stage, there's capacity for loss. How? Expenditure. You know people who save their money and eat it over Christmas? I've met them in the masterminds. They save it, eat it in December, go back and start again. And say, these things don't work. So uh, it's not true. There's the next level. So you save your savings, but you don't keep the money in savings. The point of the savings is to be able to purchase cash flow producing assets. Like when you're in HMC, have a multi-purpose cooperative. When you're saving that money, it already becomes an asset because they are investing and giving you a return on investment. So it's an asset. Assets put money in your pocket. So you're earning the money, saving it to send it to become a slave to work for you as an asset. So you buy assets, and then those assets, hopefully, uh, if you buy the ones which can be eaten, it means that also here there is potential for loss. The point of the asset is that it gives us cash flow. The cash flow is not to be eaten. It is a new source of income. Let's say HMC gives you your interest of $2 million at the end of the year. Come on now. Yeah, come on now. You don't eat it. You don't say, eh, the money worked. Let's eat it. No. Remember, we are trying to grow wealth. It's a cycle. It's fresh income, that two million, on top of your regular one. Now you have more income up here, which becomes savings, which buys more assets, which produces more cash flow, which becomes another cycle. So it becomes big until we have a big wealth cycle going. Wow. Yeah. Consistency compounds. So that's the idea. Keep going around the cycle until you, you have momentum. momentum. You know, when you gain financial momentum, you are unstoppable. When your assets are working for you, that's the idea. When you talked about people who save and spend all the money at Christmas, mm. I remembered that one of the investment clubs I'm in called Vic, mm. and our chairperson is here. Mm. <laughs> they give you all your money mm. at the end of the year, and it's up to you to decide do you want to reinvest or Christmas has arrived. Now, records seem to show that most people, Christmas arrives. No. <laughs> then you start from scratch again. All right. All right. I wanted us to just clarify here that assets, cash, bad assets are the ones that don't put money in your wallet. Yes. They don't put money in your pocket. You're spending money to maintain them. Good assets put money in your pocket. 
And when you're a long-term good investor, every time money comes as passive income or cash flow, instead of eating it like Pastor B3 is saying, yeah, don't eat it, I just tithe 10% and reinvest 90%. Because of your regular income, remember you're investing 20% yes. of your working income. Now, of your passive income, I advise you, reinvest 90%. 90%. That way you grow your wealth very fast. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's go here. So let's say you figured it out. You now have some money. You are buying assets. How do you distribute? your net worth to make sure that you have the right assets. Now, what I'm about to teach you, this is now kingdom stuff. This is super out of here. It's this, pay attention. This will save you, your family, your grandchildren, or generations to come if you pay attention. We've developed what we call an investment scale. And this investment scale is to help Amateur investors like you and I. I'm an amateur investor. You're an amateur investor. To make sure that we are always growing and we're always safeguarding our money. There is a way to invest money in such a way that unless there is an out-of-this-world event, a black, do they call it black swan? Unless there's a black swan event, your wealth is always going to be growing. And it's using making good use of this scale. Now, Robert Kiyosaki has a thing where he talks about seven levels of investors. Now, this is like level three. The long-term investors who are not water walkers. Now, there are other people they literally walk on water with investment. Now, just assume you're not one of them. Please. I beg of you are not one of them. You and I, let's be terra farmer workers. We walk on ground. So you get your money and you spread it according to three levels. Low risk, low return. Medium risk, medium return. And high risk, high return. You're following. Aren't you? So in low risk, low return, I like to tell people that put about 60% of your assets in low risk, low return. 60%. Low risk, low return are assets that give you between 0 to 10% return on investment per annum. In now Ugandan context, this is largely real estate. Land and buildings, those are low risk, low return. You, think, you see the thing, it's there. It doesn't move, move around. It's an apartment, it's a house. So this is low risk, low return. So as an amateur investor, as a person getting into it, make sure that you have about 60% of your portfolio in low risk, low return. Okay? It's always good to have the land and stuff like because they no longer make it. Yeah. And the population is increasing. It is estimated that in 2100, Kampala alone will have 40 million people. It will be the 16th most popular city in the world. Kampala. Yeah. All of Uganda's population now will be in Kampala in 2100. Medium risk, 
medium return, you should have about 30% of your wealth in medium risk, medium return. Medium risk, medium return gives you about 11 to 25% return on investment per annum. In our Ugandan context, that's mainly financial instruments. Things like bonds, mutual funds, there's a, 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 a reputable one by UAP, the unit trust investment, where they give you about 11, 12%. Bonds, recently the government put out a 17% bond. That's insane. Uh, bonds, ETC, ETC, put only 30%, we'll give you that, okay? Am I making sense? I'm going to give you an uh, illustration that makes good sense of all of this. And then, have some 10% eh? to put into some very exciting stuff. Stuff that sometimes the sleep can as if be disappearing if you are not careful. Eh? High risk, high return. That should, I advise that should only be 10% of your wealth portfolio, which gives you about 26% plus return on investment per annum. In our context, this is largely business equity. Putting money in this business and that business, that business, that business. That's my advisable spread for people who are getting on with investment. Now let's do an illustration. Please remember this is an illustration. Eh? So no throwing stones. <laughs> Yeah, all tiles for that matter. So let's say you had a, a one billion lying around. Huh? Mm. You have one billion. You want to invest it as your asset base. Shillings, not dollars. So don't count yourself out. And then you get that one billion and you split it the way I've just told you. Follow. So you put 600 million in real estate. What kind? You go to Chira, buy a plot and build some apartments. Those ends. You know there is Chira of these ends. Then there is Chira of those ends. <laughs> Out of 600 million, you're only going to get maybe four apartments. Two bedrooms. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For those who haven't done it before, that's what you're going to get. Why are people looking at me like it's raining in here? It's not. It's we are oh, understanding. You're paying attention. Hey, mathematics. So, Pastor Bissi, do you want to take us through this or you want me to go through? No, no, go, go. So, you get 600 million, you buy, you build a, an apartment block with four units. apartments, four units. You're renting it out, so you're getting 700,000 per month times four apartments. That gives you how much? 2.8 million per month. Good money, right? You build your apartments, send it all here. 2.8. Now, times 12 months, that's going to give you 33.6 million, which is a 5.6% return on investment per annum of the 600 million. Mm -hmm. Basically, 33.6 times 100 divided by 600 is 5.6%. Percent. You see, math was compulsory until senior for a reason. <laughs> so don't look at me like that. <laughs> Some people have you, bad memories right you now. <laughs> you nod like this. You, you'll be like, yes, yes. Even if you use a calculator from China, the results are going to be the same. So just 
So do you see this picture here? Mm. 600 million of your 1 billion is yeah. giving you 33.6 million per year or 2.8 million per month. month. Okay? Now, so this is the 0 to what percent? The low 0 risk. 0 to 10%. Yeah. Low risk, low, low return. return. So you're getting 5.6. Okay? Then you get 300 million of the remaining 400 million. Remember, you had 600 million. Now mm, you have. No, no, we had 1 billion. Or rather, you had 1 billion. You mm. have already invested 600. Now you get 300 million and you buy bonds, mm. government bonds, at 15% per, per, per annum return on investment. 15% of 300 million is going to give you 45 million per year. Per year mm. Which is the equivalent of 3.7 million per month. What are you seeing there? That's interesting. Uh-huh. It is giving you more money than the apartments. Yes. And yet it is only half the value of the apartments. Mm. You see, the only problem is with the apartments, you can bring your uncle and your auntie and you'll do a, you show them. Yes, with bonds, you, you only have a certificate from government. Mm. They will not be impressed. Mm -mm. But unless you understand what's going on. Are you with me? Mm. Now, the only other advantage the apartment person has is that the property keeps gaining value. Yes. Okay? Over time. Mm. Which raises, that's why it raises its real return on, on investment about eight percent seven eight percent but otherwise your bonds are performing much better than your apartments now this is not the time <laughs> to go sell your apartments to put all the money in bonds because remember bonds are medium risk that's why in Uganda, for example, if you are a student of economics, you know that after every election cycle, Ooh. there is a very high percentage bonds that are put on the market. Yeah. But the election cycle is five years. The bond, that kind of bond of 17% is 20 years. Mm -hmm. That means it's going to go through four election cycles. Yes. I will not tell you what might happen. In the, in I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about the economics of elections. <laughs> so it's medium risk. So that's why I'm saying put only 30%. Oh. Are, you, are we together? Yes. Now you still have 100 million. Come on now. My right leg is shaking. <laughs> you have 100 million. Yeah. So you find your cousin, maybe she's called Jessie. Okay. She decides to start running a financial company. Hey. They will tell you we, 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 we help you finance your dream. Come on now. Yeah. So they, when you want to do things, they lend you money. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're not listening to me. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so they lend you money to scale up or to clear your goods, whatever it is. Sometimes people need to borrow because pressure, who knows. So they lend you some money and maybe they lend it out at 10% per month. Mm, usually. So then they come to you and say, for you bring your money, we'll give you 3% per month. Per month, mm. which is 36 percent per annum, makes sense. Mm. Now, most people that I talk to who run businesses will tell you good businesses are going to give you about 40 percent return on investment per annum upwards. Yes, the good ones. 
So 36% is going to be 33 million a month. It's going to be 36 million per annum mm. and 3 million per month. Mm. So are you seeing the scenario we have? 600 million is giving you 2.8 per month. Mm. 300 million is giving you 3.7 per month. Mm. 100 million is giving you 3 million. 3 million per month. Now, please let me re-emphasize. <laughs> this is not when we open the newspaper and see apartments for sale. <laughs> and even liquidate your bonds because you want to give all the one billion to your cousin so you go from making three million per month to 30 million Ooh. per month. It is, there is a reason it is called high, high risk. Because they, Jesse could lend one big loan to a, uh, some gentleman from a country whose name starts with the letter of the alphabet that I will not name, and he disappears to that country and the phones go off. And the office is closed. <laughs> That's the end. You can't take Jesse to prison. Taking Jesse to prison does not produce the money. You entered the venture knowing it was high who? Risky. Risk. So I said, just spread it out like this. Yes. And you're going to be fine. Wow. Have you understood? <laughs> Two last illustrations and we are gone. When you're an amateur investor like that, you know, like the kind of investor who can only chew gum and walk at the same time. <laughs> it's very easy to make 12% per annum. I worked it out. Return on, this is the pessimistic approach to mm. investing. Mm. 12. If you can't make 12, maybe you need to... It's not gum you're chewing, you know. If you can chew gum and walk, you can make 12% per annum. If you're making... If you're making a return on investment of 12% per annum and you're consistent, you only need 17 years to be financially free. You need only 17 working years to be financially free. Now, when you're 17, and I talk about Come 17, you're thinking that's twice my age. You know, there are people here, they have been working longer than 17, and they are not yet financially Feeling. free. Financial freedom, Robert Kiyosaki describes it as time. How much time can you live without working or someone in your household working? How much can you go? How many days, months, weeks, years? Hours. <laughs> Total financial freedom is when that is for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Many people, it is hours. <laughs> so, 17 years. So, let's say. Now let's go through this quickly. Pastor Bethany is here because she was writing for me. Yeah. So let's say you make five million a month. a month. If you make five million a month, you're supposed to invest what percentage? Twenty percent. And what's twenty percent, Pastor B three? One million. So if you are saving one million a month, after one year, how much money are you going to have saved? Twelve million. Twelve million. Mm. Now let's say in year one you were just saving. So it didn't make money. Mm. Now in year two you also save another 12. 12 million. But the 12 million from year one makes for you money at 12%. Yes. It makes 1,440,000. Mm. Okay. Here we are just showing you the short format. Everything is in here. 1,440,000 divided by 12 is 120,000 per month. Passive income. 
That's your passive income. Your cash flow, passive cash flow is 120,000. It's not time to quit your job. This is year two. <laughs> Remember, you make five million per month from your employer. You cannot go from, on, from living on five million to 120K. Doesn't work. But as you keep going, we won't show you all the years. We'll just keep skipping. By the time you reach year five, your passive income has gone to 573,000 per month. Just Progress. in year five. That's 10% of your income is now passive. Wow. By year 10, it's 1.7 million. Mm. That's now th a third of your income is passive. Or rather, your, your assets are sweating a third of the money that you are sweating to work yourself. Because mm. remember, all factors are remaining constant. constant. So we're assuming you're making 5 million per month for all those years. So that's why we are not counting inflation on the other side. By year 10, okay, year 15, 3.8 million per month. Yes. I talked about year 17. Pastor Bithri, tell us what happens in year 17. Year 17, your passive income is 5.1 million. It is basically at the level at which you are earning to work your assets are now working and producing an equivalent of what you're working for. Basically, what you need to sustain your life monthly is coming through your assets, whether you worked or not. Now, at this point, you can sustain your lifestyle without working. Yeah, because you have been earning $5 million. That's what you live on per month. Yes. Now, your assets are giving you 5.1. Yep. It means you don't have to work. Mm -hmm. But let's say you decided to continue working. Please. What happens in year 20? We in have 7.6 million. Yeah. In year 20, your assets are now making you 7.6 million per month while your boss is paying you 5 million per month. Mm. You could fire your boss. <laughs> in year 25, your assets are now making for you 14.1 million per month. Mm. Three times your, your working income. And by year 30... Your assets are making 25 million per month wow. five times what you're paid at work at only 12 12 percent per annum wow they are so looking I at you understood. suspiciously no no this is just this is just consistency there is no magic in it mm -hmm. We haven't put any kanzali. I know Pastor Bithini likes paper, but there's no paper <laughs> in this mathematics. Uh -huh. This is just salt and, 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 and whatever, just beans. Salt. No, we haven't juiced it up at all. Yeah. Now, if you are not believing this, this is footmen economics. Uh, I'm about to show you horsemen economics. Mm. You want to see it? Because, guys, not, no one is going to keep earning 5 million for 30 years. Yeah. So it's a pessimistic view. This is not excited mathematics. It's actually quite toned down. You're going to earn more, save more, move faster. Now, let's say you step up a bit and become a little more sophisticated. And you are able to get a 25% average return on investment for all your assets put together. Per annum. 25, by the way, like people who are in business, 25 is low. But for us who are just 
we work on foot here, <laughs> ground. We are not water walkers. Mm. We are okay with 25. And Pastor Ari and I, we've been doing this 25 thing for like three, four years now. So it works. It's not impossible at all. Now, let's even have a, a, a slightly worse scenario. In the other example, the person was making five million a month. In this example, the person makes three million a month. I chose three million because when I started trying to do this, that's how much I was making a month. So you're making three million a month. How much are you tithing if you're making three million a month? 300,000. And how much are you investing? 600,000. But now you're, you're building at 25% per annum. After five years, your net worth will be 59 million and your passive income will be 864,000 per month. Only five years. After 10 years, your net worth will be 239 million, almost 240. And your passive income will be 3.8 million per month. It will have surpassed your income, working income already. In, at 25%, you surpass it at, at nine, nine years. After 15 years, your net worth will be 789 million. And your passive income will be 13 million per month. While your working income is three million per month. Do you want to continue? Remember, I'm skipping. All these documents I have them detailed. After 20 years, your passive income will be 2.4 billion. Rather, your net worth will be 2.4 billion. And your passive income will be in the range of 41 million per month. After 25 years, your net worth will be 7.6 billion and a passive income of 126 million per month. After 30 years, your net worth will be 23.2 billion and your passive income will be 387 million per month. While your working income is 3 million per month. Now that's a slightly different level. That's not just chewing and walking. That's when you know what you're doing and you're very consistent. And you're making sure you're hitting the 25% consistently by getting some of your extra income that you could have wasted and topping up your investments consistently to get to 25. That's the journey you're on if you embrace this idea. Pastor B3, this is when I hand over to you. We are finished. Come on, worship harvest Nalia, get up on your feet. Help me appreciate Apostle Mose. Wow. Today we came to class. Eh? You came. This is what church should be like. Genuinely, guys, it should be the place where we are most equipped. Now, if you're like how I was a few years ago, when I'd come to ask someone like this, I would leave feeling, ugh, first of all, confused because mathematics and numbers were a little overwhelmed, and then I would quickly fall back to, you know what, eh? Me, I can't manage those things. Huh? I'll continue to tithe, pray, fast, and seek the Lord. Mm, he will figure out my finances for me. Yeah. And the results showed because 
God gives us teachers after his own heart to feed us with knowledge and understanding so that we experience increase. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, don't throw it out. It's just that it's outside of your regular capacity. It's not things you're used to. You're not used to sitting down and doing calculations about your income. You're hearing many terminologies, return on investment, net worth, what? You're just like, you know what? Me, I came just for spiritual energy, nourishment. It's spiritual. Money is spiritual. When we don't have it, our prayers are consumed with what they shouldn't be consumed for. Instead of praying for nations, making disciples, we're asking for rent and school fees which God will take care of if we do the things that he has given us, the tools he has given us. And God has given us an anointed shepherd with a, an understanding for finances. We have no excuse. If we are determined, worship harvest Nalia, we will change our generation economically in our lifetime like our forefathers did everywhere they went. The Abrahams, the Isaacs, the Jacobs, everywhere they went, one of the most consistent testimonies about them was their wealth. That's our heritage. It should be a part of our heritage. What are we going to do after we've had this sermon? There's a scripture in John where Jesus said, now that you've had these things, blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you if you do them. I'll tell you. I did SFFG in 2018 with Apostle, the first class he did. I sat through, we did the exercises, I increased my income streams, what? But something inside refused. I had a spiritual, religious, broken system. So I didn't, I wasn't consistent. I didn't practice the things. Because a part of me would tell me, mm -hmm. but there are other people I'm sure who have become rich without practicing. I just couldn't name them, but I believed they were there. I just didn't know them, but me, I knew it inside with my spirit of discernment. You know what that is? It is laziness, usually speaking to us. When you start saying things like, even those who are rich die. Even those who have net worth die. How has death entered this equation? Like, why are we going too far? Do you know what's happening? You've reached the end of your capacity. Your brain is trying to shut you out from stretching. Don't allow it. I recognized my limitation and in 2020, I resigned myself up for another SF. Not because I didn't understand that. I knew I could teach you SFG. But I had struggled to be consistent and I kept saying, there is something I am not getting. There is, I'm going to get it. Whether I'm, and I think Apostle started with, take emotions out. If you're broke, don't start arguing. Do the work. But if you have your results and you're like me, you see me here, I'm financially free, I don't work. And I've never saved and invested. You come and teach us what you did. But if you're like the regular people, you are praying for daily bread, do the work. And then dispute it when it doesn't work. But you will have relevant questions when you start to practice. So I'm begging you, even if you're overwhelmed today, don't throw this thing out. Don't walk away and say, that's what they are teaching in church. Every time we teach about money, people run away. And they run away and stay broke. That's the painful part. Diligence is a man's precious possession. What are you going to do? First of all, if you're a member of Worship Harvest, you have the privilege of being a part of Harvest Multipurpose Cooperative. Let's start there. Okay, I don't know what to do. Let's go to HMC. Let's be the 12% per annum investor. 
at least put your savings in a place where someone can help invest for you. We start there as we learn. Where are the people here who we can sign up with for Harvest Multipurpose Cooperative? Beautiful. She's called Joan, right? This and there's another hand. If, if there's some, I think it's Joan. She's right here. You can. She's not going to take money from you. She's registering you so that you start the process of registration. You are the one who deposits your own money in the bank. No one does it for you. And the, and she will tell you minimum. You put in hundred k minimum a month. It's a great space for growing your investment. That's number one. Number two, commit to the 20% savings, guys, or more. Because if you're behind schedule, why are you saving only 20%? Save more. Unexpected income, tithe, generosity, save. Don't increase expenditure. Let's catch up. Let's catch up with the money game. And so seeing the results in our lives, it's not just Apostle Mose and Pastor Ari, we have testimonies in our own lives of what we've seen God do in our finances and the lives of other people who are practicing. And do you know what Apostle's dream is? That's now our dream as well. He wants to help at least one billion, one million people become billionaires. You and I can be some of those and then we can help others. That's the dream of our pastor for us. But he can't come and do our finances for us. He can't. We have to start doing the work. Lastly, if you haven't bought the straightforward financial growth book, buy it. It's what, 30,000 shillings? Discounted big time. It's a wealth. All these things he's talking about are there and you can sit alone with your calculator. Here's what I like to do. And start seeing how for you actually you don't need 17 years. Because you play around and say, if I did this, if I increased here, if I... And you start seeing the possibilities and they'll excite you. So buy the book, read it slowly, get a coach, ask questions, whatever you do. Don't decide that for you, this is not for you and there's another way it can be done. If you don't have the results of that other way, try this way because we have results from it. But why don't you help me again appreciate Apostle for selflessly sharing these things instead of saying pay for it to get it. It's free. Go and rewatch the someone Look at the calculations again if they were overwhelming you. Do them on your calculator. Ask questions to your location pastors or your zono pastors who have also have more knowledge on these things and let's grow together and break the back of poverty in our generation. Not so worship harvest. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. But if you're here, the greatest poverty is spiritual poverty. Is not knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Being disconnected from the Father. Because you can have money and you're empty. And Jesus wants to give us life in its fullness. He wants us to have, to everything should have purpose with him. Now Jesus came to save, to seek and save that which was lost. You don't need to come when you're perfect, when you've cleaned up. You come to him and he cleans you up. And he gives you the grace to live righteously. And he continues to walk with you. And he loves you and promotes you and gives you a life that is full. So if you're here today and you're outside of Jesus, you're allowing to condemn yourself to an empty life. But today he's, where he's calling you with open arms. Today is the day of your salvation. If you're here today and you've never met Jesus, Lord of your life, you're surrounded by loving people. Would you just put your hand up and say, today I'm saying yes to Jesus. 
If that is you, we just want to welcome you home. We won't call you to the front or whatever. We just want you to make that decision and say, I have made a decision today to break fellowship with the enemy, the, the one who steals, kills, and destroys. And I'm saying yes to Jesus. Or you walked with Jesus before and you feel like you've gone far away. Would you boldly put your hand up just for a moment to record, to say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. The rest of us can pray in the spirit or whatever. But I'm giving, I believe that there's people here today who want to say yes to Jesus. Would you go ahead and just put that hand up wherever you are. And just put that hand up and say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. And join the thousands who have said yes to Jesus this week. Thank you, my brother. I see that hand. Pastors, just dash there. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I know that there is still someone else. I sense it in my spirit. Don't let any spirit of fear or the enemy steal you from your destiny today. Jesus is calling you home today. Would you just put your hand up? It's as simple as that. Why do you put your hand up? To break that fear in your heart. I see, I see that hand, my sister. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I still sense there is someone, so I'll not stop. Because I, I see that hand as well over there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my sister, for being bold about that. Thank you, Lord. The rest of you just continue to pray. As you're praying in the spirit, you're breaking some bondages that are holding someone back, a fear. Today, we are fighting for souls in this moment. If you're still there, all you need to do is put that hand up and break the fear in your heart. You don't need to clean up. You're not too much for God. He loves you. You're his child. He wants to give you freedom from some stuff that you've walked with. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Would you pray this simple prayer after me? Because the Bible says that you just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Jesus does all the other work. And just like that, you're born again. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I give you my brokenness and I receive your life. Take my life and do something significant with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you join Jesus in heaven in the party that is being thrown right now as our brothers and sisters have come home today. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is power. Your word is light. Your word is life. Today we surrender our hearts and our minds to be broken of every bondage of poverty that we have carried, every religious spirit that we have carried that continues to keep us out of the wealth that you have called us to, to manifest it in our generation for your glory. Lord, I thank you for every person who has heard your word today as Apostle has taught through the anointing that, Lord, we will not embrace poverty, that our minds will be opened to the things that we've been taught today and we will walk in them. Lord, I thank you that by this time next year, the amount of testimonies from the people in this room, regardless of their stage of wealth, Lord, is going to be mind-boggling. We will remember this day as a day of freedom when we chose to go beyond our current capacity into what you've called us to. May every person here live the dream that you've placed in apostles' heart. May we be billionaires and more in our lifetime. May we be people who also 
also equip others to be free from poverty in our generation and in our lifetime. We give you thanks, Lord, as we go and face the week. We know that you're with us. May we be a light to the world, a salt to the world. May we show forth your glory. May you show us the opportunities to be a blessing starting this afternoon as we share meals with our family, as we hang out today at Movers and Shakers, as we go to work tomorrow. Open our eyes to opportunity to be a blessing and to show forth your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever.